up what is up youtube boxing family um it's k right here back with another good um live stream for you guys today and uh yeah um we will be having uh tim witherspoon jr coming on to the show um hopefully shortly um if he's not busy so um we're gonna be chopping it up with him and uh yeah you know i'm just gonna be talking on some boxing uh I'll talk about Fundora and I'll talk about Connor Ben, you know, popping dirty, and then we'll go from there. But yeah, man, um, I mean, there's just uh, so much to really talk about. Um, I'll talk about Connor Ben because Connor Ben, you know, he's a hot topic right now. And uh, I find it really weird that Connor Ben would be a victim of cheating, but. I just don't understand like why people are not like you know severely outraged because even though he is a black man you know I you know don't understand like why the outrage isn't super duper you know high volume on Connor Ben and I think it's just simply due to the fact that you know Connor Ben he has his father's name behind him but at the end of the day it's like you know, like the sport itself still needs to be, how should I say, like, like people can't just get away with cheating. And with Connor Ben's case, um, I don't think it's right to cheat at all. Um, I think with Connor Ben, um, he deserves to be held, you know, accountable like anybody else. But um, I think where things are going right now with uh, boxing, is that when a fighter that doesn't, you know, lie under the coincidentalists and they're like a hopeless fighter or just a politically protected fighter, um, those fighters usually end up being, you know, given, you know, free passes to basically get off scots free to not commit ever such a crime on, you know, what they, you know, shouldn't be doing. But I just find it weird because it's like Connor Ben, like, you know, I like them a lot, you know, on the come up, but it's just like it like it never made any sense to me. Um, I've always thought of Connor to be just like a chill, level headed fighter that just wants to be great. But it's like I just didn't really see anything dirty out of him. 
Now, granted, for those of you that want to know what he got caught with, um, he got caught with this thing called cleofemamine. Uh, basically, like, you know, what this drug is, is that, you know, it's a top, uh, it's either a, a testosterone booster for men, or it's to help women that are pregnant to, I guess, like, have their, um, I don't know, like, it's like a really weird drug, but it's supposed to, like, boost up your, you know, estrogen or, or, uh, testosterone levels, and it obviously just... Like, you know, like, it's like a weird, you know, supplement that either men or women do take. And I think it's made for bodybuilding, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, I think based off of how the drug is perceived to be, you know, you're not really supposed to, like, how should I say it? Like, you're not really supposed to have such a massive advantage unless you're actually, like, bodybuilding. And then that's, like, the only thing that would actually make, you know, any sense. But um, I think either way, Connor Ben should be prosecuted at least, or there should be some form of, um, you know, of a punishment, you know, if it ever goes to that, you know, level. But I just don't understand like why, you know, when Connor Ben, you know, who is a black fighter, who is mixed, quote unquote, because you know I believe he's white and black, but Connor, you know, he doesn't get like a free pass, you know. I just don't understand like why. Connor Ben is not getting any outrage because you know like like I obviously you know believe Connor you know he would probably have like a better you know chance of you know trying to get away with something like this again if it was somewhere you know in America where he's not having to go through that much levels of uh, high stress but um I don't know I just find it weird man it's just like Connor Ben he's a good fighter but for him to do something crazy like this, like I just, I just don't like the fact that Connor had to, like you know, take it to this um level, and I just find it really weird at this stage of your career, you would do this at the point of fighting somebody who was a born rival to your to your father's um to your father's like um legacy, and I just, I don't get it. I think I think Connor Ben. I think he understood what the, like, you know, what the premise was, you know, coming into the situation. And I think based off of, you know, what he had went through, you know, in this, like, you know, fight camp, it makes me look at him a lot more differently of how much, how much weight he's actually cutting to make 147. But, you know, the immense um, physical, the physical deficiencies he carries, like, you know, as a welterweight because you know but the welterweight division is a very like in a heavily stacked division but the thing is is about you know but the welterweights are not supposed to be like you know super duper mega droids but welterweights are very very you know big people and you know these are either guys that are coming down from at least like 154 pounds to i probably say maybe 175 or 160 at least but it's like that's pretty much like their maximum cutout, you know, for that weight class. But I think um, Connor Ben, he has a good frame for 147, but it's like he's not really that big of a guy. Like, you know, if anything, he's just as, 
like you know, um, he would basically be like equivalent to Rolando Romero. The only difference is just that Rolando, he doesn't really carry with the same frame as Connor. And you know, Roly, he um, he just has like a different build, you know, when it comes to his, you know, physical physique. And I guess like you know, when you take a look at how he's built, um, not every fighter has like those you know athletic features to put them to uh, to put themselves like you know at that level. So I guess I'm just like the one to think that you know every fighter is different, but I think based off of like you know what we see out of Conor Ben, it's just like it just didn't make any sense to me. And I guess I'm just like the one. Uh, that just has like a hard time believing that Conor Ben really has you know all this power at 147 because you know he's a very you know slimmed out guy you know um, in the division I mean even when he knocked out Adrian Granados like I didn't really think Conor Ben had like all the power to really hurt him but Adrian Granados he's not like your super duper great fighter but it's like he was taking Conor's best shots and he was still eating them very well. The problem of what the manner is that you just have like, I guess like certain deficiencies that you go through, um, especially in certain weight cuts. And every fighter, you know, just, um, I don't know, every fighter grows a certain type of way. And uh, I think for men, you know, it's, you know, it's very different for us because, you know, we have like a different build, pathing structure of how we grow. But for Conor Ben's case, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I just think based off of what we're seeing right now, um, it's just a huge, you know, double standard that Conor Ben is able to get away with the amount of, you know, scrutiny that people should, you know, massively outrage over. And I'm not to say like, you know, us Americans, you know, we have to be outraged over what British fighters go through, but it's like, the level of corruption that British fighters do go, like, you know, do commit in the sport of boxing, it's like British fighters are not, you know, they're not at that level of, like, being clean compared to American fighting. And I just, I don't know, man. I just think it's weird, you know? I think there's just so many questions that need to be answered. And um, I think when it comes to Conor Ben, it would be best to have Conor Ben you know, be, you know, a prime example of like, you know, a black fighter that could be on, that could be on the hopeless of being able to get away with this type of stuff. But I don't think it's going to be easy for him to do it like again. I think knowing that this fight was, you know, not like a huge premiere fight, but it's like, imagine if this is like Jaron Ennis going, going over to the UK and he had to go through this mess you know how does like how does that sell to the american public that looks at that to be like a threat because now you know we're going to be looking at you for your fighters of what you guys are very um incapable of uh, doing and i think based off of you know what we see you know there's just no proper order in the uk when it comes to boxing but I could be wrong, you know, like, you know, like, like not every UK fighter is a bad fighter, you know, when it comes to, you know, them having bad intentions. But then again, like, you know, this is a uh, boxing. Like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say like boxing is, you know, this uh, like a uh, perfect sport. You know, boxing is still evil.
because of you know about the evil politicized structures that the sport carries but you know but we have to have like a certain you know uh as i said like you know there needs to be like a certain fair ground you know when it comes to boxing because it's just like there's just way too many uh political corners that people can cut to to get away with the amount of you know corruption and i just don't understand why you know that's being um accepted especially on a global level because it's like you know there's just so many weird you know like um occurrences of, of like what could ever happen in a potential fight but um yeah like i was definitely looking forward for this fight um i was looking forward to chris eubank and uh connor ben to uh uh fight it out um I, like like i wasn't super duper hype on it but you know when you take a look at um you know, like, I guess at the matchup, I think Chris Eubanks' style would have been, you know, a lot worse, you know, compared to Conor Ben's style. And I think Chris Eubank would have um, definitely, um, like, you know, taken, you know, about the victory. So, either way, um, you know, it's a good fight. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, like, I just wanted to update you guys. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim is, uh, like, you know, coming on soon. Uh, he has some things to do, so I'm just uh, chilling at the moment. But for anybody that's in the chat, um, you know, come through, you know, chop it up, and uh, yeah, like I'll, you know, keep it moving. But yeah, um, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, uh, you know, uh, well, I'm looking forward to the Sebastian Fundora card only for, you know, like a couple fighters that I like, you know, on that card. Um, obviously we got Fundora versus, you know, Ocampo, but definitely looking forward to seeing Carlos Adamas versus Juan Macias, you know, Montiel. And then we got my boy, Michael Fox. He'll be fighting, uh, Catalaskis on the preliminaries. And then we have, uh, Gabrielle Fundora, who's on the card. She's a very good fighter. Um, we have that Elijah Garcia guy. He's, you know, he's a good ass fighter at 160. And then we got Justin Cardona. He's a monster. Um, yeah. Now there's a lot of heavy loaded talent um, in this, uh, you know, line of divisions. But um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it because, you know, there's just like a lot of great matchups uh, that I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, hold on. It's not giving me the option to go in the room. All right, hold on. Let me give you like a new link. Here's a new link. If that works, if that works. Yeah, let's see if that works. Um, yeah, I'm gonna try to see if that could work. Let's see. But it should be all right. <clears throat> yeah, Tim. Tim should be joining up soon. So. Uh, you know, bear with me, guys. And uh, hopefully he can join in. Yeah, man, I'm definitely uh, looking forward for Deontay Walder next weekend, man. It's going to be lit. I wish I could go to that fight, but um, I got way too many financial, you know, you know, uh, financial issues that I got to deal with. But Man, I wish I got paid to, like, do boxing content if i could do that um, i got like paid to like go to boxing events 
I would love to be a judge in boxing. I would I either like to do that or just get paid to just do content, you know? Like that would be awesome. I know that there's this like thing called like hey boxing, but I think it's like a hey boxing, you know, Instagram sponsorship or something. Yeah, it's called like hey boxing. Yeah, something like that. Send me a new one. I put the wrong email. All right, yeah, I'll do that. Got you, Tim. Got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can't wait to talk to um, Ofacio tomorrow, man. I uh, I got Ofacio Falcon coming on, so uh, I can't wait. You know, can't can't wait to give you guys a you know good you know discussion. Yeah, I'm gonna add like more music onto my streamyard so I can like just chop it up with you guys, you know. See if he's coming in. There we go, there we go. Figured it out, man. <laughs> Yo, what's up, Tim? What's going on, man? Oh man, I'm uh, chilling, man. I, I just had a good workout at the gym earlier, and I just saw him relaxing. <laughs> nice, nice. I just got home. I'm, I still got my Witherspoon shirt on, as you can see. Oh, nice. That's dope. <laughs> Thanks. I, uh, you know, running the gym is a crazy thing. I'm, I'm there at nine o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I don't get out until nine o'clock at night, even though I, uh, you know, I want to get out earlier. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm here now. What's going on? Nothing. I'm just talking boxing. Um, I'm talking on some certain news that came out with the uh, the whole Connor Ben popping yeah. dirty, uh, and then um Sebastian Fundora versus Ocampo and the undercard. That's about it. All right. Um, I do have some thoughts about uh the Connor Ben situation, and and you're gonna be the first person uh actually get it i i wanted to talk to scott you're cool with skywalker right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. me and tim like yeah. uh, we, we're gonna uh i'm gonna talk about it with him tomorrow but you got it before him so i'm <laughs> i'm sitting here and you know i don't know what drugs it was or anything like that oh i'm assuming that it was a performance enhancing drug it kind of makes me think because Connor Ben's father was a fighter and my father was a fighter so I know you know my father was my trainer I'm not I know that Connor Ben's father uh, Nigel Ben had some kind of you know something to do with his training and, and everything I, I'm not sure if he was the head trainer or not but this is the point that I'm trying to get to is that You've been a professional fighter yourself. And you're going to allow this to go on with your own child. To me, that lets me know that you allowed that to go on with yourself, possibly. Now, to me, it gets even deeper than that because we all know that Nigel Ben 
is the one that put Gerald McCullen in the situation that he's in. Now, if you're going to be willing to let your child take these performance-enhancing drugs, what is that going to say about you and your career and what you did? I don't know how testing was back then. I don't know how things were back then. But to me, that's what I think about. Was he... I watched that fight maybe two or three times. And I'm thinking, was he on performance-enhancing drugs itself? You know, uh, at that time when you you put somebody into a vegetable state? um, These are just the things, the thoughts that are going on in my mind. This this is what I want to talk about, about the situation. Father and son, I I don't want to say that they're a team because I don't know their situation as far as that goes but you would think that Nigel Ben who was a world champion himself uh, would have something to do with his son in that situation yeah um, that's very similar to uh, you know the like I guess at the Billy Collins versus uh, Luis you know um, like you know resto situation exactly um, Billy's father even said like before and after the fight like Resto, he um he's had like a history of looking yeah yeah he's had like a massive history of cheating to other fighters that he should have arguably lost to and uh this is what gets me pissed off about you know commissions and promotional companies working together to you know infuse you know corruption but there's no proper screening of like a fighter being like you know completely drug tested and to be like heavily reviewed coming into a fight and similar to any situation that we can bring back to you know from what the past it 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 just seems like that people are just okay with letting this happen but what happens to somebody that we know that ends up either dying or just not coming back like you know coming back you know but the same way people want to say oh that's evil that's terrible blah 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 but it's like can we keep up the same energy regardless of like what the skin color is of that fighter to hold that fighter accountable yeah have some like you know some um legal prosecution and just massive accountability over it. you know we we know that weed has no discrimination cocaine has no discrimination uh you know heroin has no discrimination on what color you are whatever if it's going to take a party it's going to take a party steroids performance enhancing drugs has no discrimination the whole country of russia was banned from the olympics there's not many african russian olympic athletes um now when it comes to boxing the downfall is is that it's every man for themselves so where in some sports like weightlifting there's a clean league and then there's a performance enhancing league where there are two different divisions that you can go into i don't know if you're versed in weightlifting but there are a clean division and there is a performance enhancing division where they know 
they know who they're competing against. Same thing with figure competitions. When they're in their posing, there's clean uh, posing competitions and there's performance-enhanced competitions. And boxing, it's when you get popped for a drug test that we find out that you've been on performance-enhancing drugs. There's no... There's nothing to hide about it. We know people that have gotten popped for it before. I don't really want to say too many names, but some of these guys are making millions on pay-per-view now. Some of these guys have made millions on pay-per-view. They're retired now, you know, or whatever. And we know these things, but there's no one saying, look, if you want to take performance hands and drugs, then you got to fight somebody else that's on performance hands and drugs. These people are taking advantage of people that are not having that leverage, that advantage over them because no one is regulating that. I'm not, I'm totally about clean boxing. I'm totally about, uh, in any sport, I would want us to be clean. I understand that you might not hit as many home runs, you know, but if we're talking about sport competition, these playing fields have to be level. And in boxing, most of all, because boxing is not just hitting a ball, you're hitting someone's face, you're hitting their brain. That person should have the right to know that the person in front of them is taking something. You know, that that's that, that's what it boils down to for me. You know, when, when it comes to these performance enhancing drugs, Go ahead, take them. But you got to take them against other people that take them. You know, it's almost the same thing as if transgender people wanted to box against a female, you know, a guy that turned into a woman, wanted to fight another woman. I don't think that that, you know, without getting too political, (laughs) I, I I think that that's an advantage that that person is not fair to the female who was born with different, you know, genetics. Um, the same thing with steroids. It's not fair to someone that's going in all natural. Yeah. Um, I guess like a better setup, like especially for me, like you know when I used to wrestle in high school. Um, I think somebody off of my team he got kicked off of what the team because they actually do like you know, about the yearly drug testing and they also do random drug testing, especially at a high school and college um, level. But minus, you know, let the state getting involved. But if you just have that setup where, you know, like, you know, um, even in the um, NBA, like, you know, they do random drug testing almost every single week or month or whatever. But to me, if I'm a business owner, you don't want nobody coming into your job that you create for people to work in to screw up the consumer, like, you know, reputation, like for your gym, like, you know, for example, if I wanted to work for your gym, but I'm coming into work, you know, all juiced up on cocaine or, you know, methamphetamine. You're not going to be there. You're going to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people should treat it just like that. You know, you know, you are your own business owner, you know, coming into the ring. So, yeah. You know, in, in any marketized situation, there needs to have, like, there needs to be a level of consensus where people want these certain, you know, stipulations put in to make sure that there's no breach of contract or a breach of, 
like you know uh, like breach of uh consent because yeah, that's yeah. going up against your consensual you know uh, like a like a consensual like like a how should i say like your consensual views of what you wanted you know the uh fight event to be made yeah, yeah. um in the first place so yeah i just the common, was, yeah the common fan you know wants it to be a fair playing field they might understand that you know this fighter might be a little bit old you know or this fighter might be coming off a two-month layoff or whatever but they don't expect for one fighter to be enhanced more than the other fighter you know um as far as uh chemicals go or as far as substances go um there are certain things that shouldn't be tested you know i, th I don't think that they should be test tested for marijuana that's not a performance enhancing drug no you know um but the whole thing that makes me think um that is never going to get fixed is because at the end of the day it's all about money you still have people that i, I well, was it big baby miller who failed the test and they still let him fight like that is because money when you have bear distributors that are dependent on these fights when you have referees judges promoters families dependent on these fights to still take place because they don't get paid if these fighters don't perform then we're not going to fix the problem um there's so much money to be made in these sports uh when it comes to performance enhancing when it comes to people never finding out and then we we find out well lance armstrong the the most decorated bicyclist of all time was blood doping oh what should we do should we cancel him or whatever by that time how many people that they never mentioned their name has made a million dollars off of that athlete you know so how can we compete with the dollar bill when it comes to these promoters and when it comes to these sanctioning bodies still putting on shows still only suspending people for a month still only finding people breadcrumbs for risk for pretty much uh risking somebody else's life they don't even have their the, their opponent's life in uh any regard you know what i mean and it all comes down to me to the dollar bill um how do how do us as people that want to see a clean system fight a system that's built on a dollar bill that has corrupted it it is very a very hard fight yeah because i mean this is where like more you know economics on a macro level have to come in and you know you have to bring with the political philosophy like you know with it because that's what the biggest takeaway from it because people yeah. don't want to have a sit down philosophical discussion to yeah. any to like you know to any like you know disingenuous you know casual they just yeah. want to just go to the event and just expect everything to be okay but it's like you are not you know educated on what goes on you know behind closed doors and right. i think uh for me like the best solution is that 
there needs to be more of like a you know community built you know like around it and i think um honestly like i think devin haney's model of how he sets up his fights would be like the best route to go Mm -hmm. because if fighters you know if they had their ability to become their own bosses as a free agent rather than just signing with a promotional company yeah having to be screwed over yeah like like to a theoretical sense if like um let's just say like you know for instance you know deontay walder if he had his own fighters as a management company for himself and he made those fighters their own bosses kind of similar to what the pbc does to their fighters yeah we don't control you we're going to manage and advise and make money make money with you yeah 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 so that's where i think what the corruption can be killed off but you know it's a very noble thing a very good thing to bring up but um at the end of the day greed rings out in boxing only reason why mafia could get involved back in the day is because racketeering and all that money was just so great um Devin Haney is lucky, you know, him, Floyd Mayweather, all those guys that have been able to promote themselves are lucky to be able to do that. They they actually fought so good for so long that they, they got there. But we have, for every one of them, there's 100 fighters, maybe 200 fighters that don't have that possibility. You know, they might have that same model in their mind. And then, boom, you you lose one fight, and then that whole model doesn't work for you anymore. Now you got to beg for a fight or, you know, you know what I mean? So, I understand the, the want to be able to do that for fighters to take over. But whenever there's a situation where someone could be taken advantage of, like promoter for and boxer situation where the boxer might not be educated enough he might come from a poor place he might not uh have the support system that other people have um it's gonna be very hard because what they do in this sport is they dangle carrots they promise you this they do that then we go off in that direction and then you figure out wow it's been two years and shit hasn't figured itself out I've been wasting two years. So the common road for most fighters is not that of a Devin Haney where they can just be like, wow, I'll promote other fighters. I'll promote my own self. He has been very lucky and very privileged to be able to do that. Um, what I really don't have a solution because, I, you know, there, there used to be people that said let's make a union and all that but that's never been able to been been fixed uh i i really don't have a solution to where how fighters can make this sport better and it shouldn't really be up to them it should be regulated it should be like the nba it should be like the nhl these guys should only have to focus on boxing but then you find out like you know we have to be political as well we have to stand up for ourselves it's easy for me to sit here and say that because I'm not fighting anymore. Um, but these guys that still depend on promoters, they depend on people. It's not as easy. They might have blinders on because they have to focus on fighting. At the end of the day, your fists are what 
determine everything. If you have an undefeated record now, you know, if you're able to knock people out, people are going to buy tickets. Then that's what depend, you know, it depends on. But there's so many people in this sport that can even be good, but just don't have that opportunity. Um, I, I I don't really have a solution. I, I, I'll be honest with you right now. It's like I used to think a union was a solution. You know, I used to think that the government was a solution. Um, and, and it's not just our sport. You know, I'm looking at music. Music, they get, you know, musicians get taken advantage of. And comedy, yes. you know, comedians get taken advantage of. You know, a lot of these solo sports where you're someone with a talent and you have to depend on managers, you have to depend on promoters. A lot of the times, the business and the money and everything gets involved. And you got these athletes that are willing to risk it all to, to get an edge on somebody. It's a whole, it's a mess. It's a mess yeah, because I can definitely see your point of view. And, you know, like, like, honestly, if we were talking basketball, we could easily find solutions because, you know, if we don't like something out about the NBA, there's plenty of other ideas where NBA fans want to flock over to big three or whatever, Just you know. Another option. Yeah. But it's like unboxing, it's just so how should i say it's so religiously enamored at this point where people think that the savagery cycle is okay but at what point does like the breaking point begin because it's like like you know this isn't you know supposed to be like this like now boxing you know in theory should be like the best sport in the world on a marketing level you should have been making millions of dollars it is it is the best sport in the world that's the that's the the sick part of it all you yeah. go to you go to any country, and and they have boxing. Any country in the world, combat is going to happen. I I I spent a lot. Uh, sorry for cutting you off. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. It's I, all good. I spent time in the UK. You know, like five years I spent in England, and their number two sport behind soccer is boxing. You go to Philippines, boxing, Spain, football, which is soccer, and boxing, South America, (laughs) Africa, you name it. And yet, it's the least regulated sport. They can't find a way to have an Olympics just for boxing. Yeah, because it's not, you know, like the markets having, you know, like the, um, how should I say the inability to correct it it's definitely some form of politicized like you know monopolization that has yeah. been structured over the past couple hundred years that i don't is- know maybe if they made like boxing teams you know you had to enter a draft you know and, and make the yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another you know- um idea that i was about to bring up too right. because um uh there was like like uh, some you know uh social circle discussions where people say like like, um, why is it that all these other sports, they have draft combines, but why not for boxing? And I think, yeah. like, you know, especially at, like, you know, at a youth level or people that are coming from, you know, long years being put into the amateurs, you know, there should be, like, a tryout system. So, therefore, 
people yeah. can actually be scouted of how good they are so therefore you know when matchmaking does begin for that fighter they're not being put up against somebody that has all this quote-unquote experience coming from uh, the amateurs which yeah. that doesn't translate you know into the pros but it's yeah. like still it's like like um for um i'll just use um lomachenko as a great example like how can you tell me that prospects exist in boxing when a guy like him is able to fight a title fight in two like, fights yeah lose to orlando salido in which he avoided salido um in the rematch in which salido he should have been had that title um even though he missed uh weight yeah. but it's like why did the wbo break their rules to say hey you can refight for that title again because I'm he's a ticket seller yeah you know um how many fights not to change how many does he still have under 20 fights lomachenko uh lomachenko he's at like 19 fights i yeah, think that's crazy. yeah like i'll take a look at that right now for you yeah no problem yeah he's um, fighting jermaine ortiz i know that you know that's gonna be a fun fight yeah you yeah, know the, the thing about having a, a a boxing league and all that is good you know but there's so many components to you know, you need people inside the league that aren't that good. Yeah. You know, the, you know boxing right now kind of depends on journeymen and, and things like that to help the people that might not be good today be good tomorrow. You know, um, there's just so many integral parts. I could see maybe having to have so many fights and then you can try out to be in this union league where you get more benefits or whatever or maybe they have a minor league that you know the guys that aren't so good i don't know there's just so many because in basketball when you get into high school you have multiple options of either playing professional overseas or you could go straight into the nba g league where you only have to pay like what 30 to almost like a hundred bucks for like a tryout but it's like you know once you're in you're in you know right. you're getting your name out there right for boxing like you don't have that because it's nah. like you know you don't know where to start it has to be the perfect storm almost you know because yeah. yeah. i know boxing can have stuff like you know can, can have stuff like that and then on top of that if you had like tournaments where like you know let's just say in a perfect world you know boxing has finally come to a point where you know the corruption and all this crazy nonsense is that about the picture it would yeah. be on fire it was the way you're trying to say is like we could really find who's the true champion at that point yeah yeah because on top of that think about it it like like for title fights in boxing you should get paid more money in a championship fight like you shouldn't have any money taken out of your purse because you are the product but on top yeah. of that like you know if you're winning all these championship fights why is it that in other sports, like to which um, I've uh, talked to one person that had like another relative that played at, um, in the um, NBA, but in the NBA's rules for any team that wins a championship, you get paid more money. But on top of that, your contract increases. So that means off okay. of your next negotiating deal, those sponsorships on top of that money, that doubles yeah. coming into your new contract yeah the way the way things are right now is that you win a championship then you're guaranteed uh another big fight at least and that's it you know that's it 
you're guaranteed one more big fight at least. And if you lose that, then you better hope that you lost it in a way that you can make another big payday. Um, it, it, it's, it, 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 I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see that being a situation with the Toronto Raptors or, you know, with in, in, in baseball, you know, the, 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 uh, the Giants, San Francisco Giants, they lose the championship. They still get the same salary next year, you know, or even more because they made it to the championship game. But in boxing, you lose that one match, that championship match. You got to rebuild your life and all that. And in and, and, and a way, you know, it's, it's combat sports. You want to climb a ladder. You want to be on top. I get it. But to get on top with no health insurance is a hard thing. You know, to get on top with no retirement is a hard thing. To get on top when other people are using performance-enhancing drugs to get on top and you want to be ethical and you want to be clean in a sport is a hard thing. It's easy for these guys to be subjected to corruption. And me, I feel like the reason why I wasn't subjected to corruption is because of who my father was. My father wasn't someone who was subjected to corruption. So that's when it com- comes full circle. Yeah. You know, I, you know it comes full circle because Nigel Ben, I've seen him with Connor. I, I feel like I've seen him holding the pads with Connor. You mean to tell me that you don't know? You don't know that your son is taking something. Now, uh, not Chris Eubank. Uh, what was it? Uh, was his dad's name? Is that Chris Eubank, Eubank? Senior? Yeah, Eubank. Senior, Senior. It's a rumor. I don't know how many games they were playing. They were talking a lot about his weight. You know, he's eating on social media, and the dad saying he's gonna pull him out of the fight. Nevertheless, the dad was saying that he's gonna pull him out of the fight for his health. He didn't say son must go take performance enhancing drugs at least i hope i'm not putting my foot in my mouth because <laughs> i don't i I, he, I don't know what his test results were but um at least chris eubank senior said like look I'm, I'm i'm looking out for my son at least this is what we're reading on the other hand i've not heard anything anything from nigel ben and I'm, 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 I have a son that lives in the UK, and I've never met these two, but, I, you know, I met Khan. I met... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I met Kel Brook, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I like Kel Brook. Yeah, awesome. I, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time over there. I know a lot of their champions and all that. I studied Nigel Ben when he fought Gerald McCullough. I studied... Chris Eubank, you know, I studied these guys, and they all seem like class guys, but I know that this business is crazy. For someone to let their son get popped for this is ridiculous. And to say that he's not accountable, I'm going to put it out there, is ridiculous too. You're a professional champion, world champion. You know better. You know. So that lets me know that this this is not just something that is uh, 
a one thing off. This is something that has been going on for generations, probably. Uh, I, I would bet that it's been going on for generations more than not. They, they're not going to just say, hey, Connor, why don't you take some drugs? Yeah. Uh, that, that's just my opinion, and, and I'll go on record saying that. And until I hear Nigel Ben say something, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I definitely um, agree, and I, I, I personally think this makes Connor Ben look way worse because he was like, coming up. He was yeah. coming up. You know, at, at first I remember his first couple of fights, they were writing him off. Oh, he's not going to be none. You know what I mean? He's not like his dad or whatever. And boom! All of a sudden, he exploded, and people had promise in him. And now, look, we know why. We know yeah, why. Um, I was going to say, uh, the person that actually gave him the performance enhancing drugs, he's the same guy that worked with Tyson Fury to have who also got popped before. Yeah. Because people people try what, to act what, like, what's his name? Um, hold on, let me take a look at his name. Uh give me one second. Uh like it's some weird name that he has. Uh, his name is Dr. Uz. Dr. Uz? Oh, I'm not you familiar. See? I'm not like, familiar. I don't, like, I don't know. And then it, it's like Tyson. Look, Tyson Fury, you seem to be a good guy, man. You seem to... I saw you boxing with hair, and then all of a sudden your hair was gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, all of a sudden your hair was gone. And you're big as hell. You he was never some... that big coming up either. Tyson Fury was like not even close to the amount of weight that 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 he had leading up to Walter. And oh. even like you know, even in you know the, the Klitschko fight, the John McDermott fight, you know, all these fights where you know he ended up cheating more. Like like you know that clearly shows that he's not a natural like natural big heavyweight. He's a very like very thin, you know, yes. weight. It's, 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 oh my, it just goes back to money, man. It goes back to money. Um, <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. And I, I, I love this sport so much, but it t- just turns me off. You know, you, we're, we're already fighting as fighters. We're already fighting, getting as much as we should deserve. Now to put a stain on that, it means that to me, you're not a real fighter. You're a fighter. I'm not gonna. And and steroids don't teach you the technique that you need to do. The steroids don't teach you how to slip, roll, and block punches. But they help way more than somebody that's just eating oatmeal for breakfast. You know, like. It's just, I don't know, man. I I don't think that I've ever fought anybody on steroids. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I haven't, but I would be upset. And and I got friends, you know, you know, uh, Steve Cunningham, he fought Tyson Fury. You know, we, we train in the same gym and he's upset. You know, he for years he's had a chip. Anybody that's getting caught with PEDs, he's calling them out. You know, 
Yeah. Um, and it's not fair to him and his family. You know, it's not fair to these guys and their family who risk their lives, try to put, you know, entertain the, the community. And they're doing it naturally. And these other guys are coming in juiced. Just not right. If you want to be juiced, fight another person that's juiced. Yeah, that's pretty much like the only, you know, axiomatic solution. Because otherwise, you know, it, it needs to be, you know, aggressively taken out where, you know, theoretically in a perfect world, you should always come in clean because there shouldn't be any excuse to say that, oh, well, I need this supplement. I need that supplement. No, like you could save your supplements after, you know, about the fight. But yeah. to come with those supplements or those performance enhancing drugs to help you win a fight, that's just really pathetic because it's like, like. I'll even talk about like uh, certain fighters that like you know that were caught back in back in you know with the past for people. yeah you can bring them up because I didn't want to say their names. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna bring up uh, uh, who got caught? Shane Mosley, right? Didn't he get caught? Shane Mosley, James Tony, James Tony, Roy Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr., Canelo yeah. Alvarez, Canelo, uh. There's so many, so many. That's just what oh, I yeah. could think of. Margarito, maybe, I think. I don't know if Margarito. It, it would make sense. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty those sure Those are did. just guys off the top of my head that yeah. I can think of, you know, that have gotten, you know, popped. And these guys have made millions. Millions. I love them. It's, it's crazy because it's like I love Shane Mosley. Yeah, I like Shane. I, I've been in his presence before, you know. Um, it is. I don't know, man. It, it makes you question how great people really are. Yeah, I don't. I don't what look you, at. What you need to do is you need to get someone to counteract what I'm saying. Someone that knows steroids and someone that's going to say, "Well, you know this." That's what you need to do to get on your get on your show. <laughs> yeah, like. I mean, I don't know anybody like that, but, like, I'm pretty sure, too, all the weird trolls that, you know, that like to talk crap over, you know, about the internet, they, yeah. you, know, they'll, you know, they'll try to lie, like, you know, out of that, like, you know, mindset, but. Right. I just think, um, like, you know, everything that, you know, athletes have done to be successful, you know, with the, you know, like, you know, with the help of cheating, you know, I've never looked at them as, like, all-time greats because it's just, like, you can't call yourself what the best if you got to, you know, cheat with the best, you know? I mean, you could be the best in the all-steroid league. <laughs> Barry Bonds can't say that he's the best when he's juicing in the second – or, no, not, not the second because – uh, McGuire was juicing too, and so so yeah. so so was you. So when the fourth guy, <laughs> <laughs> when the fourth guy, Vegas. Yeah, I'm watching you. <laughs> we got to figure out how long down the line the juicing stopped. But when that person is trying to compete, isn't there's no competition, yo? You know, KFC chicken is bigger than Popeyes. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't compete. You know, I like the flavor and all, but when it comes to strength, KFC got Popeye's beat because the chicken is bigger. They can feed more families. I'm just like, 
that, that. <laughs> this, I'm trying to do as many analogies that I can so as many people that watch your podcast can understand my frustration and where I'm coming from. You know, the music industry is like boxing. You know, the, the steroid use is not fair and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know, man. You got me on here. I, I wasn't really expecting to talk about Connor, but I was. And now you got me heated. See, I don't like, like, um, can I, um, I was going to ask, like, like, as far as like, the process of getting a boxing fight screen, like, do you go through the state commission first before you go through like a third party to get drug tested? Like, you know, how, like, so how I can't, work? I can't speak for everybody because every state, every country, every place has their own, their own rules. Like, for instance, I've been drug tested in Pennsylvania. I have 16 pro fights. So Pennsylvania tests me about four times. Um, I don't know. I never was a, I never was blood tested by them. The only blood test that we had to submit was if you had HIV, hepatitis, you know, those kind of drugs. They never, I, they never asked for a blood sample for doping. Um, I have had to take urine tests. I don't know if that can show performance enhancing drugs. I'm not that smart when it comes to that. Um, but what your original question was how how they do test us. Was that yeah. so it's not enough. And and this is the other thing that needs to be spoken that nobody talks about. It needs to be done in amateur boxing as well. Oh, really? That never happens? Never. I'm never. I'm the Pennsylvania State Golden Glove champ. In, two, in, in, in 2004. I'm, I'm old now. I'll be 38 next month. Happy um, birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. In 2004, I won the Pennsylvania State Golden Glove Championship. And not once before that, not once after that, and the amateurs did I ever get tested? Not even just that. Never even asked for a blood test to see if I had HIV, hepatitis C, or B. All you need is a physical and a birth certificate, and you can be an amateur boxer. I don't know about Olympics. You know, I don't. Maybe they probably test more at that level. You know, I never went that far, but. Anybody could pass anything. You could be somebody that has HIV and you could still box because they're not testing for that at the amateur level. Like, but you're in the gym every day boxing some people, might have nosebleeds, you know, or whatever, but they're not testing you because you're an amateur. Professionals, at least in Pennsylvania, you got to get tested once every six months, something like that. Um, for that, but when it comes to drugs, ew, I, well, I don't think there's enough money in it at the local level for them to even care. You know, it, it's when you get to the pay-per-view level and all that that they're like, oh, yeah, let's test more. Or when you get to the main event level, you know, I've been to main event a couple of times where it was mandatory for me to give urine samples. Uh, but I always felt like that was just for, you know, marijuana or something small. I, I never heard of anybody getting popped at the lower level for uh, 
performance enhancing drugs. I've never heard. I've always heard it. Maybe their blood test came back where they had hepatitis or their blood test came back where they tested positive for weed. Um, but never any, in my recollection, and you got to remember, uh, this, I had my own career. That's the second career. My dad's career was first. I grew up through that. Then I had my career. We have five professional fighters in my family. And I never heard on the local level or, or, or anything like that of anybody getting popped for steroids. Never. Mm. Yeah, that is a very, very dark uh, mirror to really go through. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, but, you know, I, I love boxing. I'll never... The sport is great. You know, it's just a corrupt place. You know, I, I love it, man. You know, um, and it's one of those things like you can't live with it, can't live without it. So we'll, we'll all get through this whole Connor situation. You know, I might be talking, you know, junk about his dad right now, which I feel like a lot of people might should put some pressure on him so we can get some more answers. But at the end of the day, Whatever happens, it kind of happens. We still got other stuff to look forward to. We got, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, Crawford and Spence fight one day. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> we got these heavyweights that are about to mix it up. I really feel like the heavyweight division is really about to mix it up. And we're about to see some new blood. You know, Joe Joyce might do something. We also got... Uh, what do we have? Uh, Deontay Wilder versus... Uh, Robert Hellenius. Hellenius. I really feel like that's going to be a better fight than people are giving credit to. Um, and, and and we have a lot to look forward to. We can't let this one little thing, you know, stop us from loving the sport that we all grow to love, you know. And we have to accept that it's part of it and it's going to happen again. You know, unfortunately, um, but you still got our our favorites in the sport. We still have uh, a reason to tune in every weekend. So, meanwhile, we're I'm I'm not I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I'm mad about the whole him getting. Pop- I was looking forward to the fight. You know, I was looking yeah. forward to it, and uh, you know now now it's a it's a disappointment. We got egg on our face. We were looking. That was like nowhere near Crawford and Spence, but the excitement about it, the entertainment around it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and now we have to, you know, we, we got Clarissa Shields and, and uh, 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 what, what's the, oh my God, I can't think of her name. F. Savannah Marshall. Yeah, that's the next fight on the horizon. So I don't. Hopefully... I don't understand why they push it to Deontay Wilder's day because that is such a bad promotion. Oh, they're on the same day. Yeah, and Devin Haney. And Devin Haney. Yeah. So we got. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't be paying attention to dates. I just. Oh, it's Friday or Saturday. I'm watching. <laughs> but so we got what? We got a fight in England. Yeah, you got Devin and Cambosas in Australia, and then Australia, Marissa and Savannah on the same day as and Wilder and Hellenius. What where's Wilder? Is that Vegas? Uh Wilder's in Brooklyn at the Barclay. Brooklyn. 
Well, so it was good. That's three different time zones. We just got to watch boxing all day. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think that it might work out because the Savannah Marshall fight and Clarissa Shields won't. That'll be a, probably about 5 o'clock our time. Yeah, 5, 6. Yeah, and then, you know, if we can stay awake, uh, Deontay Wilder will be 11.30 around that time. Yeah, that's going to work out. So. Yeah, it'll work out. But look, man, I, I had a good time talking to you. I appreciate you having me on your show. I'm going to come on again, I promise. I know I'm a difficult person to get a hold of. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. And we're going to have to do it again. I kind of I got to go now, but okay. we're going to do this again, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, I appreciate you for coming on and can't wait to talk with you So. No problem, man. Have a good one, yo. Yes, sir. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it, guys. Uh, we don't really have anything special unless uh, something happens with Fandora and Ocampo. But, yeah, let's talk about those fights. Um, I'm only going to talk about like, the co-main event and the main event. But, yeah, we got uh, Sebastian Fandora versus Carlos Ocampo. And um, we got... Carlos Adamas versus Juan Macias Montiel. That's going to be good. But before I get to that, uh, salute to Tim Witherspoon for coming on. Uh, appreciate talking with him. Uh, very good person. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, long live the Witherspoon, you know, legacy. But, yeah, that was a good conversation. And I had a lot of good, you know, uh, good uh, um, dialogue, you know, being shared. So um, definitely like to... You know, do that like again and, you know, chop it up. But, yeah, let's talk about uh, Fandora versus Ocampo. Um, I think Fandora is going to wash Ocampo. Um, I think this fight is set up for Fandora to win. But if Ocampo, if he comes into this fight anywhere different from the Spence loss and he looks absolutely different to the point where... Um, he could dog walk Fandora or hurt him with uh, really good inside pressure shots. I think I think Fandora, um, he's definitely in for like a really bad main event, you know, exposure uh, session. So I don't know how Fandora is going to look coming into this fight, but Fandora, you know, if everything is played well into his favor, I guarantee you he's going to do anything in his, you know in his power to be like very successful and i don't want to think that he's gonna try cheating because i have speculation to to believe that you know there could have been cheating in the lubin fight but then again you know that's another story for a different day but i just think based off of what we're seeing right now it's like you know sebastian pandora um he has a lot of great skills to fight tall but he just doesn't use it enough because it's like he he doesn't use his jab to the point where it's like a good like Errol Spence type jab where he pressure he pressures you in and on top of that if he had good defensive reads with it it's like you know he would he would be a bona fide boxer puncher but that's not Fundora's style Fundora's style is very come forward I'm gonna walk you down type of southpaw you know inside fighting style and 
you know, that's a very good style to have because his style is working. But for him to get hit in those exchanges, I think I think that's what's going to cost him. So I think um, if Fandora works on his defense, he works on that inside movement with his feet, and he definitely needs to work on his footwork. If he can work on his footwork and, and like the reflexes with like his upper body movement, uh, Fandora would be an absolute killer. But it's just that he's not at that level yet, and I think he's still learning. But Fandora, he's a beast, man. You know, I I like his style. You know, he's a very good, exciting fighter. But do I think he's going to stay like that at the high level at, at 154? Um, no. I, I, I think Fandora... You know, once you put him in there with somebody that's not afraid to hurt you and put you down, then I think that's where, you know, the you know the level of his archetype skill set will definitely be challenged and he'll go down. Um, on top of that, let's talk about for the co-main event. It's the same thing with Carl, Carlos Adamas. Uh, I think that's going to be a war between him and Juan Montiel. Uh, Montiel, obviously, he's not the greatest fighter out there. But I think um, if Montiel, if he surprises us from him having more improvements from the Charlo loss, um, I think Montiel, you know, he has a good shot of potentially stopping Carlos Adamas. Adamas, he's he's a good fighter. He's only been dropped like once in his career, I believe, to Patrick Teixeira. But still, um, Adamas, he's a killer, absolute monster. He has insane you know, upper body reflexes to put himself in a good position to win the fight. But I think Adamas, he's going to go in there and he's going to, like, you know, he's going to dog walk Juan Montiel early game and mid game. But I think late game, that's where Montiel, if he, like, if Montiel keeps his conditioning up, you know, the whole nine yards, then I think Carlos Adamas, he's going to be in trouble because he, uh, he tends to fight very, very, um, very sluggish when he gets into those later rounds. So um, that could be something where, you know, we don't know what's going to end up happening, but I just don't put my money on Carlos Adamas all the way through because we've seen him hurt before. And he just has that lack of defensive IQ factor to keep his hands, you know, up at all times. So he doesn't get hit with those big, you know, insane looping shots that he gets hit with. But, Either way, um, that should be a good matchup. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, that's pretty much it, what I have for this show. This will be uploaded to the podcast. So uh, salute to Tim Witherspoon for coming on. And uh, I got more content coming on the way for the channel right about now. I got like four or five, six videos of league content and other gaming content. So be sure to take a look at that or, you know, anybody. You know, like it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, thank you guys for coming through. And, um, yeah, I think uh, that's about it, man. So, yeah. Um, I appreciate you guys for coming through. And, um, yeah, give me uh, one second, and I will do what I have to do. And I will see you guys very, very soon. But I'm going to play, like, my outro, and I will be out of here because StreamYard is giving me the ability to do it. So I'd like to, you know, I'd like to, to uh, try it out. So, yeah, anyways, appreciate you guys for coming through. Thank you. And um, salute to Tim Witherspoon Jr. for coming through. And, um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Um, 
salute to the mighty, mighty LDBC, and salute to the TWT. And yeah, man, I am out. Peace out. Have a great night. And I will be back with more boxing content for you guys. Uh, the grind on stop. You know, we're pushing ourselves up to 4K and higher. And hey, if it's a career to make out of it or another, you know, uh, job opportunity to do this, I will do it. So appreciate you guys. I'll see you guys later. And thank you very much. And goodbye. Here's the outro. All right, see you guys.